as a backend, we use Shopify to help us manage all the transactions and all that. But it's the most effective way to support the artist directly because there's no middleman or middlewoman. Hi there, I'm Shuang Esther Shan, and this is Shopify On Location, coming to you from Montreal. You know, any type of business can be on Shopify. You don't have to sell clothes or gadgets or food. You can be a record label. That's Lisa LeBlanc with her hit Pourquoi Faire Aujourd'hui. She's just one of the musicians represented by Bond Sound. It's a one-stop shop for independent artists from concert promotion to management and everything in between. Co-founder Gourmet Delice is here with me in studio today to talk about his business and why he's turned to Shopify to keep things rolling. Thank you so much for doing this, Gourmet. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. I understand you actually had your own band, and back in the day, there were a few things you didn't like about the industry. So what were you trying to create with Bond Sound? Well, yeah, I was at a band, and I was also doing, like, everything for the band, you know, like managing, tour managing, booking, all that, and also, you know, producing concerts and all that. So, And I met uh, three other guys, actually, who were in the same situation as me, and we were each of us were alone doing that, so we didn't have many means or many resources to go to, to to help us like promote the music or even book our own bands and stuff like that. So we actually created the services we needed to go forward and to you know, expand and do more than, than just one person can do. Like so many founders and entrepreneurs, they noticed something was missing. And for you, that was major label services for underrepresented and independent artists. And you love celebrating them, much like this artist, Laurence Anne. That's a good example of, um, you know, an artist that's gonna not going to be an instant catch on radio or like an instant thing. It's something, it's a project you have to work on and try to find the, the, the public for that, the, the niche here and abroad. So, um, so yeah, it's, she's an artist I, I really love and uh, that, you know, it gets into you like it, it's, it's a slow thing. So you have to understand that it's, it's a... She's a like a deep artist, you know. She's it's not just a pop music like like in front and instant dancing or something. It's really something you have to let yourself, uh, you know, be attracted to, to it. So, so that kind of project we have a a good uh, amount of them. Is you, you have to nurture it and you know take your time and, and think about the future and not an instant uh, success. So uh, 
So for us, it's a, it's, it's a really great project. Yeah. And we just heard a little bit from her song Flores, which is uh, from her upcoming album. Yeah. One thing I really want to highlight is how you've modeled the business and really have transparency and ownership to the artist. So I understand if they complete an album and they do publishing with Bond Sound, the profits are actually split 50-50 between the label and the artist. And Bond Sound actually never owns the masters or the IP, and they get renewed every couple of years. So talk to us why this model is so important. Yeah, well, because actually when we started Bond Sound, we weren't even a label. I had a small label, one of my business partners had a small label, but we really started Bonsound as a management company and a booking company because that's the first things you need as an artist. The ideal thing is having a book booking agent and management is really key. And so as a manager, you always put the artist first. So when we started, like maybe in 2007 or eight, we started the Bonsound Records. And so we had managed artists that we wanted to have on our label, the contracts needed to reflect our philosophy. It needed to be something we would sign uh, with an external label from one of our artists. So it's always with the artist in mind that we do our deals. And about the recording deals, all the artists are producers of their music. And in addition to that 50-50 model, there's also more flexibility you offer where you said, um, to me, it sounds like an a la carte menu where mm-hmm. artists can choose and select the services. They can get their tours managed. They can actually be managed by the label. They can only do mm-hmm. licensing. So there's so much more flexibility you offer as well. Yeah. And actually, you know, sometimes like the idea with that is it allows us to host projects that already have pieces of the puzzle in uh, in place. For example, you know, uh, somebody comes to us and say, let's say like, I have a label, I'm looking for a booking agent and a, a tour production and maybe publishing. So if we're interested and all those teams are interested, then let's do all just those three contracts and we'll work with the label and, you know, just collaborate to make it, uh, make the most out of the out of the career, out of the opportunities. So, you know, yes, it's a it's a menu, it's, a, it's an a la carte, but we have to be interested on both sides. I think what you're offering is also so essential for artists in this age of streaming, right? Because touring, merchandising, that all very much helps with additional streams of income. Yeah, speak to us about this current stage of music and why merch and tours are so important. Because of the new streaming era, it's so difficult to know what's going to come up. Before, with the physical products, especially at the uh, CD era, we would be able to say like, oh, okay, we sold uh, you know, 5,000 CDs of that artist, so next r- record we're going to print more and we, we know we're going to sell more. And it was kind of easy to, to plan. Now the streaming is very tough to know what's going to happen beforehand. So it's become a part of the... Uh, equation but we don't rely on that we rely much more on the shows we try to to make sure like the masters of the publishing gets some money in and of course with the shows comes the merch and especially the vinyl now uh, and uh, and all soft merch and all the time i'm being asked by by people who are not in the industry how can i support the artist the most 
it's always been the case, but now even more than before, it's through the merch, through the, the, the LPs, through the physical product, bought on, for example, our store. As a backend, we use Shopify to help us manage all the transactions and all that, but it's the most effective way to support the artist directly because uh, they don't, there's no middleman, you know, uh, or middle woman. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned about the direct support for musicians and artists. I'm proudly wearing my Milk and Bone t-shirt today. <laughs> I discover them locally at a show, um, love their merch, and was super happy to find out that they were on Shopify, and that's how they brought me to Bon Sound. So, okay. yeah, nice. yeah. And we definitely have to chat about Montreal and its music scene coming up. I'm chatting with Gourmet Delice, the co-founder of Bon Sound. I want to say our whole Shopify Masters team appreciates you for tuning into our show each week. If you want to support the podcast and listen to more inspiring conversations like today's, you can go ahead and write us a review and be sure to hit that follow button wherever you're listening now. You work with a lot of local artists here in Montreal, and you also celebrate Indigenous performers like Elisa P. Let's take a listen to one of her tracks. It's a cover in Inuit language of Cindy Lauper's Time After Time. I love the blend of this track because she's singing in an Inuit language and she's singing something so familiar to us. So tell us more about this song. Yeah, I can tell you more about the, the whole project, actually. She had this idea of uh, covering uh, big uh, hits um, from the 80s and 90s because when she was a teenager living up north uh, as an Inuk person it, we all know uh, the situation of that people has been they've been through really tough times and it was really hard as a, as a, for young people to relate to something and so this music that they were listening to like the music Top 40 from down south was, uh, was what they were holding on to and that's how they discovered the world, actually, you know, because it was they were very isolated. So she wanted to convey that and give it to her people in their language. So it's all songs that mean something to her. And it was very, very interesting because she had to translate everything into uh, Inuktitut, her uh, native language, which is also the title of the album. And to, to get the rights to release that, you have to reach out to all the rights owner and show the translation. But you also have to explain the translation because nobody can verify the translation. So this, it was very, uh, a, a very interesting process. And... Since we know on that album, Cindy Lauper, Blondie, uh, Rolling Stones, Fleetwood Mac, uh, all really big names, they all 
received the whole info, the whole story and all that. And they were moved by that and said like, okay, go ahead, use our songs and do those versions. So so it's uh, there's many levels of uh, emotion through those songs and the, those releases. And so the, you're mentioning and we're hearing uh, time after time, but also the first one, the first single was Blondie's Heart of Glass. reposted the, the song and the video and emailed her directly and uh, I know Metallica's team also said like we're going to share everything and so it's, it's really impressive to see that release unfolding um, so yeah it's a it's a special uh, thing and she's a very special artist yeah it sounds like such an intensive process to bring this project to life yeah, but yeah. I'm so glad to hear so much of the positive responses from all the artists yeah. that she's covered um I know that this is kind of the beauty of bond sound and also a part of being in Montreal is elevating the different voices and artists. I wanted to ask you about Montreal's music scene and why is it such a good place for artists? Mm. That's a good question. I'm from Quebec City, you know, so, <laughs> so I moved here because in Quebec at that time, there was uh, not much happening in terms of industry and music industry. It's a mix of Europe meeting uh, America the duality of the language. Uh, it's a very welcoming place. So there's also all sorts of people from anywhere around the world and even from Canada. A lot of people come here for the artistic spirit that there is here. Also, the fact that there's uh, it's less expensive, although we enter the competition of, you know, higher prices. Um, but for a long time, and it's still true, it's still lower than every other big city, uh, Toronto or Vancouver. You can still you know, find a decent place to live, a part-time job to um, allow you to practice your art. And without having... Uh, your eyes on a on a prize that doesn't exist like a lot of people in big big cities like toronto or la or new york they they kind of want to be signed or something like that you know so they, they have a sometimes you, you can find another mentality here everybody's pretty much relaxed and maybe they have big uh, also ambitions but they want to get it somewhere else usually so they like to live here and meet other musicians and it's big and small uh, at the same time so it's big enough to you know be lost in the city and not meet the same person uh, every minute but at the same time it's easy to find everyone if you need to and if you want to see a, a show here a show there like everything is walkable so there's there's something there you know that's that's my own uh, <laughs> interpretation of that i love the city and the vibe that there is here so i I've traveled uh, quite a, a, a bit, and uh, every time I come back here, there's something that, you know, I don't think I, I could, I would need a really good reason to move elsewhere, even though I'm amazed by <laughs> other places, but but yeah, there's something here that uh, that is good for the art. Definitely. Well, you have to fit into the Montreal vibe. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, earlier you mentioned that artists in Canada and especially Quebec can benefit a lot from grants. Can you explain to us what those are and how you're able to help artists find them? 
Yeah, well, the first layer of grants is the arts council ones. So there's one in, for the province of Quebec, and every province has its own arts council. And then you have a Canadian one. And so these uh, arts councils will help the artists create. So the first money they can get there is to help them create. So you have to come up with your artistic plan, kind of, you know, what is it that you do and where do you want to get your art to? And these arts councils, they're not about the business at all. If you send a, a text, you know, like a copy for, for to submit something, it's really about the, the philosophy that you have behind your art and what you want to do with it. And they don't want to hear about streaming numbers or crowds reached or something like that. It's, it's really about the art, you know, and if we give you money, how are you going to bring your art further? And then after that, if, if you get that grant, it allows you to create without thinking about how am I going to eat or pay my rent. So it's to give you money to create and not think about anything else. And then after that, you can like record something uh, or, or, or prepare a show and then uh, Maybe go to a label or release it yourself, and then you can ask money to a, also a provincial body and or a federal body. In Quebec, it's Musique Action and SODEC, and uh, in Canada, it's Factor. Factor Musique Action, they really help the artists and the labels and the managers, and then uh, SODEC will help the businesses. So they will help the businesses release records, but also organize tour. The problem is there's a jury behind that, so you never know who's going to be looking at your application. So there's a bit of a roll the dice situation, but it's also what you do. So it has to be convincing, it has to be good, authentic, uh, and what is good, we don't know. <laughs> so it's really a, an amazing thing, the grant system, because it allows us to first have artists, uh, not struggling too much, and also have companies and structure. Sometimes the artists want to do it themselves, and that's fine, and they can get help for that too. And sometimes uh, you need a, a bigger team or, or, or a stronger structure that's always there. Because as I was saying earlier, it's tough to be an artist uh, from uh, 20 to 50. Uh, is nonstop, you know. Uh, but usually companies will last, so you can... Maybe do something else as an artist, come back to a structure or, you know, it's, it's somebody else takes care of something. We're in the era of everybody can do everything themselves, but there's only 24 hours in a day. And if your mind is only on the business side, then it's tough to create and just be totally like absorbing whatever you need to, to create your art. So some people want to have a big career, quote unquote, and but they're not necessarily ready or or have what it takes or there's no need for that sometimes. There's so so many artists now. You can record a full album, like a professionally produced album at home. So the quantity of people doing music now is impressive. But the end of it doesn't necessarily have to be touring all over the world and big like on, on private planes and <laughs> with big buses full of, uh, of uh, stage uh, stuff, you know, so... I mean, I think sometimes uh, you can do also music for fun or just uh, just to keep it uh, 
the, the, the normal level <laughs> without going to all the through all the, the crazy stuff, which is also really fun, by the way. But I'm not dissing my own <laughs> <laughs> my my own job. But it's yeah, the good thing now is the spectrum is super large. So so that's interesting. You know, you, I, I know some people, some artists. They don't want to hear anything about a label or a booking agent or a manager. They just want to do the music, reach out enough people to make a living. But they, you know, sometimes it's just uh, it's good to have different levels. The question here, I guess, would be, like you said, music is so accessible. Anyone could start making music. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who are probably in that position. How do they stand out? What are some marketing strategies? What do you think people are doing to get their music heard by more people? It sounds so weird saying that all the time, but it has to be impressive and good. The thing is, it's not because anybody's jaded. Even just a regular audience person, if we're talking about a show or even uh, recorded music, you know, it's it has to stand out somehow. But and and usually, how to do that is just do what you feel. Everybody talks about being authentic, and it's sometimes it can sound a bit vague or empty, but it's true. You know, if if you're trying too hard or if you're trying to emulate something that you're not, it's it's going to be hard to do whatever with it. You know, you won't be able to market something that you don't believe in or that you're not comfortable with. So, so it has to be coming from you and, and be what you want to convey. Then after that, yeah, there's techniques to get there and there's marketing techniques, but it all starts from there. Um, you know, personally, I really fall in love with the, with music when I see it live. And after I will, I will like the recordings usually, but uh, it has to move me somehow. Well, to wrap up our show, I think I got to ask, we started off by saying that you're not the typical Shopify merchant. You're not in a fashion industry. You're not creating a product. So for those who are interested to actually try their hands in the music industry and be an entrepreneur in it, what's your advice for them? The idea, I think, is... To start where you are and just advance, you know, like we didn't think much of the, <laughs> about the future when we started. It was just like we need something now. Like we were, we were trying to find a booking agent for bands like mine. Were mostly like very heavy rock and roll and stuff like that. There was absolutely no structure in in the province here uh, to help us with that. So we just well, we'll do it ourselves. We'll start our own thing, our own management thing. So I mean. There's always as there's always artists, so there's always a need. Then after that, innovate is is always maybe tough, but it's, I mean, it's surely coming. It's, somebody's com- going to come up with another way to do things. I'm pretty sure because you know it's almost 20 years now the, of Bon Sound, and I'm still pinching myself like, wow, you know, this became my job. So happy to hear that Shopify is a part of many musicians' journey and also their way of operating their tours and their careers. Very happy to chat with you, Gourmet. Same. Uh, Very happy. Thanks again. That's Gourmet Delis, co-founder of Bond Sound. 
Thank you for joining me on Shopify On Location in Montreal. Our show is produced by Megan Coyle and Gogo Zoger. Our engineers are Matt Shorts and Miku Betlam. Benjamin Gottlieb is our supervising producer. Special thanks to Audio Z and Eric Gendron for production assistance. I'm Shwang Esther Shan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Shopify Masters. Oh.